everybody, and welcome to the Tea with Crema. My name is Chris, and I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma. What up, everyone? Oh, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. I hope everyone had a super exciting, wonderful holiday with whatever traditions you have for 2024. Rung it in. Had a great time. Did you stay awake for the new year to come in, Emma? Or what happened? I was awake, actually. I was like barely awake, but I was awake. It was at the end of my mom's visit to Japan. So that was nice that she came to visit. But Isaac and I were literally so exhausted of being on trains, planes, and just kidding, no planes, but lots of train traveling. So we got home. We went in. What, what did we do for dinner? We got dinner and we just like Netflixed. And then I looked at the phone at my phone and I was like, oh, it's midnight. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> So nothing super special on my end. You know, it's a really big thing in Japan to do New Year's, but I just felt like I just did not have the time nor capacity to do that. So also Tokyo has like one of the big fireworks shows. Have you gone to any of their fireworks shows in any of the years? Not for New Year's, but we've gone to their like winter. Maybe it wasn't a winter. Is there an autumn solstice? Is that a thing? I wouldn't know. I have no idea how the seasons work. Well, I don't know why there was this big fireworks show in October, but there was. So I'm assuming it was some kind of like solstice slash seasonal autumnal equinox, maybe? Those are words. I like that. But yeah, those are like huge. And it's like, it's a pretty big thing. And like the shows are like an hour long. So like that was also a thing too. But you know, after a certain time, you're like, okay, I've seen this like five times now it's like it's a repeating it's not something new every for the full hour but yeah so i haven't been to like an actual tokyo new year's also with covid like people were outside and i was trying not to be outside because i didn't want to die so now this is like the first full year like it's like reopen reopen so maybe next year we'll see what did you do for new year's i was asleep i think probably i don't recall the countdown it was just a very chill, a chill experience. I think, yeah, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, after a while, it's the same, right. the same experience. There's not too much happening. I don't really have any like traditions or specific celebrations around it. So I just kind of like, yeah, if, it, if someone else wants to do something, then I'll tag along. But for the most part, it's just kind of like another thing. Now I just have to be confused for the first six months of the year about what date to put on the dates on the papers. And then once I get it down, then the year changes. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> but with the start of the year, that does bring us into vision board season. So our last episode, we did look back at the year 2023 as we envisioned it on our vision boards and really figured out how accurate were we? Are there some things that we wish we could have done differently or better? And if you're curious about, you know, what our final ratings were of 2023, please feel free to check out that episode. But today we're really going to set the intentions for 2024 with our vision boards. This is our technical fourth vision board, but our literal third, because <laughs> there was that one year in 2022 that we talked about vision boards <laughs> and then neither of us delivered a final product. And, you know, our ratings reflected that lack of, I don't know what you want to call it, but there was a lack of in that year. So 
it happened. That was a year. That was a time to be alive. <laughs> Wasn't it though? Okay, 2022. Thank you so much. But 2024, we are excited for you. So with that, we do have our, want to get started with our tea check. So what, what tea did you bring today? Today, I actually found this tea shop while my mom was here. So it's at the Sky Tree in Tokyo, which is this one of these like major monuments. You can go up. It's a whole observation thing, whatever. But below it, there's all these different shops and it's like really cute. So we just like wandered into a tea shop just by chance and I started smelling the teas and was like, wait, I need some of this. So you'll probably be hearing from it from that company for the next six episodes or so. So this was part of like a ginger tea pack because I like the samplers a lot more than I like like individual teas just in case I hate it. (laughs) And then I can go back and like actually physically get the full pack if I wanted one. So this was a ginger tea pack. So I have today the ginger and lemon myrtle. And yeah, it tastes like a ginger tea. I was like, that sounds like a really straightforward combination there. Lemon, ginger, boom, done. Like nailed it. And it's like, it's very nice. I did send Chris in a post recently talking about like the microplastics in tea bags. And when I opened up this tea bag, it was made out of one of those like silken bags. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking the microplastics. But at this point, what doesn't have microplastics? So riddle me that. What are you drinking today? Today, I have a tea called Venetian Rose Peach Bellini by T. Fiori. And the description is, picture this. You're sitting at a bistro next to a Venetian canal, watching gondolas float by and sipping on a perfectly fizzy peach bellini. This hibiscus tea blend with notes of peach and rose might be the next best thing. Serve over ice for a refreshing summer treat or drink hot to warm up the coldest winter night. It's literally the description on the bag. I did not make any of that up. Maybe the voices, but it was a cute experience. Love this. Do you like Bellinis? Don't know what a Bellini like is. So like, Mm. I don't know. Okay. So I can't tell you if this delivered that product, but (laughs) it was a good fruit tea. Oh, that's good. It so, sounds really good. I mean, just from the description, like, I'm thirsty. I want some. It's a really dramatic tea, you know? Which is nice that, like, again, sometimes, like, really dramatic descriptions have, like, the worst flavors. But <laughs> this one worked out, so I'm really glad. They have to make up for it, for the bad tasting with a dramatic. <laughs> Literally what happens, and it's the worst experience. You're just like, oh, this was supposed to be promising, and it didn't deliver anything. So chocolate tea is looking at you. Anyway, so we are back to it. We are tea checked in. You know, as you can tell, it kind of feels like whenever we're coming into the new year and we haven't recorded in a while, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's the next? Is it rapid fire question time yet? <laughs> well, skips to the end. Thanks, everybody. We made vision boards this year, which also I just want to put out. I don't know if we had last year, but like our vision boards are done before the episode this time. Was it not done last? You know what? I think I was, I think historically myself, okay, this is not a Chris thing. Chris always comes to the episode prepared. Historically, my vision boards have been halfway done, have been like, I have the pictures for it and just has not glued it down. But no, mine are like, mine is like actually done this year, which I think is just a good indicator and we'll get into it of like what I have learned. So let's jump into it. How are you approaching 2024's vision board? And I almost want to go into like, how does it look 
different from your 2023 vision board now that you have the two side by side? So I would say the 2024 vision board is like by far the most intentional vision board that I've had to date for sure, in terms of like the most amount of time spent reflecting on it, really being intentional about the things that are on it, what's posted, the background, everything, every detail was pretty thought out on this one. And I think it has really reflected like my overall approach to this year, which is to be focused and organized as opposed to my last vision boards, which I think, you know, in the end, the product was fine, but like the process was a little clutter and clunky. And again, they, I, I don't dislike any of the vision boards that I physically made, but I do think that like sometimes like that process and the result kind of match the experience that I had in terms of like what happened in those years. And so like, I felt like those were missing some core drivers or I was going more for like an aesthetic as opposed to a purpose. And so like the aesthetic ended up low-key like driving that purpose. And, you know, there were some results to that. And so this year I was very intentional with every design choice that I made. So it, I would say this is probably like the most different vision board I've had so far. I think similarly, and also why my vision board was completed so quickly was that I think in the same vein, I was very intentional as well. Last year when I was planning, I did the whole like 23 things I want to accomplish in 2023. And then at the end, which if you listen to like our midway episode and then even our end of year episode, like I had to modify, modify, modify. And then I think I like only finished 10 out of the 23 things, which didn't feel great, but was also just like a lack of planning on my part and a lack of intention on my part. So recently I was on the TikTok because, you know, if y'all know I'm a TikTok scroller, I had seen this video talking about the 12 week year and how like all of these very successful people and like millionaires follow this kind of like quarterly system slash like equation for reaching their goals in a year. So essentially what it does is it takes that year long of resolutions or visions and it truncates it down to like a quarterly system. So if you're saying like, okay, I want to make $3,000 in a year, then what you would do instead is like quarter it out. So then you would say, okay, by March, I need to have whatever 3000 divided by four is seven, 725. So what it is, I made that up, but you know, something like that. So it's like by March, I'll have $725 saved up. And then in that way, you're like setting yourself up for success rather than, you know, you get to January and you're like, okay, I missed a couple of days. It's okay though, because I have till December, right? Like you have 12 months in your head. You're thinking, oh, I have 12 months. And then, you know, it gets to like February, it gets to March and you're like, it's fine. It's fine. Like I have nine months to now like figure out how I'm going to save $3,000 rather than setting yourself up for success. And like in that first quarter of the year, like this is your goal. And like when you meet that goal, then you like move on to your next thing. And it's supposed to increase your productivity. I'll make a whole post on it. I'm reading the book right now. It's very short. It's called The 12 Week Year by Brian P. Morin and Michael Lennington. But yeah, it's kind of like circulating through the social medias and things like that, talking about how you should revamp your visions for the upcoming year and stop thinking about the year in a 12 month increment and start thinking of it more in like terms of weeks because that tends to generate more success. So 
instead of doing that whole, sorry, long story short, instead of doing the whole 23 and 23, I decided to uh, like focus on six different goals, looking at the same categories that I looked at last year. And then now planning backwards to like, how do I make that true in 2024? What I'm realizing is we had fun, the first vision boards, and then it was not as fun getting to the end and being like, what even happened? Because it just like, I don't know, for me, I like did not enjoy getting to the end and being like, I don't, I didn't do this. I didn't accomplish that. Like it was not a good feeling. And so yeah, definitely had to like change how I do vision boards. And again, we all do vision boards, manifestations, all of it. It's all different. It's an intensely personal decision and choice and all of those things. So for us, it sounds like we just didn't enjoy putting a bunch of stuff on there that like did not end up being true. Right. Because I think I'm definitely like we're from that instant gratification generation. So I think that while that is sometimes a little problematic at the same time, it is a good marker. And right, like talking about smart goals, like we're able to actually like see and like, is it attainable? And is it realistic? And like, have we done all of the steps to make this happen? Like I saw this one creator talking about like, I put on my vision board that I wanted to like travel for six months, like travel every other month. And she's like, okay, but where's the money for that? Like, where's that coming from? Like, there's no, it's not realistic. Like, do I have the time for that? Do I have the PTO for that? Do I have this in savings? Like, do I, she was like, so yeah, it's great to say like, I'm going to take six trips next year. But like, are you being financially healthy in that way? Right. Or what are you doing to get to that point? So I think I kind of like really like, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm being exposed slash seen. Now it's like, okay, if I want to have this adventure come up, like, okay, I'm saving money to get to that point. So I think we kind of touched on it. Like, what do you think is the benefits of setting intentions at the start of the year? I think it's just kind of like nice almost in the sense of like having, I don't want to say necessarily like a theme, but having something to almost like look forward to in that year. And then bookmarking, earmarking memories in a sense of just like, these are some things that I was trying to accomplish in that year. And there are some things that I did accomplish related to what my goals were. And I also think, especially after leaving school, where a lot of your goals are kind of like given to you all the time, like pass the class, get A's, pass a test, whatever. Those goals are just are just kind of built in for you cyclically anyway. After you leave the world of school, it's just kind of like you just out here. Right. Doing stuff. And I know like, yeah, we still work, but I was like, I was getting to a point where I was like, I didn't want everything in my life to be revolving around like the things that I was or wasn't accomplishing in work. Right. And so figuring out like, how am I setting goals or tracking progress or accomplishing things that aren't related to work that are just things that I am doing? How am I tracking or setting those goals or anything like that? And so the vision where I think really helps keep track and keep accountability on that personal growth as opposed to just it being work all the time and like whatever I have time for in my personal life. These are things I'm very intentional about making time and space for. Like I think we always talk about when we became teachers, we were like, I don't want my whole personality to be like, I'm a teacher rather than like, I'm a person who just happens to be a teacher, right? I think it's sometimes so hard for us to separate ourselves from those 
like being at work and like doing the things and meeting the goals for work that it's easy for you to just say like, okay, well, like when I have time, I'll do the thing that I wanted to do rather than like, okay, no, like I'm leaving work at work and this is what I'm doing in my free time. Like I I have to be a person outside of work because I can't show up exhausted in my daily and in my outside life. Or feeling unaccomplished in just True. personal life. Right. And there's, and you know, and I think that there are some people who like get that gratification of being like accomplished in work. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just not the person I want to be. Like, if that is who you are, then so be it. But that's not what I want to choose to. So, what categories do you have for your vision board this year? I cut it down to only four categories. So, I do still have general categories, and there's only four mm-hmm. this year. Which is one, two, three. Oh, well, it's about the same as last year. Hmm, wow. Well, they did change a little bit. And so I am focused on more like body, both just like not both, but just like my body, my person, me, an individual, this vessel in which I occupy. And then there are experiences that I want to have. So like things I want to do or be a part of or experience literally is that. Um, there are financial goals on there. That was probably like the least robust, but also it needed to be less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I couldn't have a bunch of different goals. I just need to be very strategic in accomplishing the goals that I have set in that category, but it was important that it was its own category. And then I did put books on there again, just because I have, I enjoyed reading last year and like setting a goal and then passing i passed that goal last year and so i did keep that and i think again because that was one of those wins of like i really enjoyed switching out the white cards for the books throughout the year like as i was reading and putting the books on there like that was like a nice little little part of the instant gratification in me you know it's just like boom i did this book bam let me switch this out like i'm making tangible progress towards that goal this year i have i kept my six categories that I kept last year, but I was very like intentional in the categories that I chose. So I have physical health. And one of the big goals that Isaac and I have is that we want to run a marathon by his 30th birthday, which is January of 2025. So it just so happened that it worked out perfectly for like a year of training. We're going from zero running to hopefully a marathon. So I've already like kind of planned out where we need to be by March and then where we need to be by June and then September and then December. So yeah, that's one of the things that we're kind of like focusing on for travel. Like last year I said, oh, I want to go to this many prefectures. This year I'm more focusing on like, I just want to make memories, whether it's like going somewhere we haven't been before locally, domestically, internationally. And then I do want to make a plan to like budget and like save money for potentially like a summer thing. Like, I don't know what that looks like yet. And then for mental health, I'm committing to therapy, like for real, for real this time, I actually have my first therapy appointment next Thursday. So I will let you all know what free tidbits of advice I get from that. Because one thing I do believe in is that therapy should be free. And so I'm not going to gatekeep any of that. In terms of like my reading goal, I felt like I got burnt out a little bit by choosing like a set goal. So I chose I wanted to read 46 books and I think I ended up reading almost 60. But 
at a certain point I felt like, oh, okay, like I'm just like trudging through books to read books rather than like, am I actually enjoying it? And there's a Facebook group that I'm a part of called gals that read and someone had kind of talked about like readers fatigue and how they feel like when they have like 100 books in their goal that they're just like reading but they're not enjoying so that's kind of something that I took to heart and I was like I actually want to like sit with the book and like read it and not just read to read so I do have that I want to read at least five professional development books so I have those books that I'm kind of like set aside and you know divvied up quarterly of when I should be reading them. I have some financial goals as well, mostly around debt and paying that off. And then relationships, same thing, like cultivating relationships. But my big theme of 2024, and I even put it in here, I don't think, I don't know if I've showed it to you yet. In the middle, it says like, learn the art of saying no, because I think that I've been saying, I'm going to say no. And then somehow, some way I get sucked into doing things that I should have said no to for my mental health. But that perfectionism in me and that perfectionist in me said, if no one does it, then who will do it? And I've decided that that's not my burden to take on anymore. It's liberating, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't perfected it, but I have been working on it, and it is truly liberating. Definitely recommend. Can't wait for you to have that experience. Yes, I'm so excited. Like I have found myself just falling into it, and I don't know if it's because of the new role or what it is, and I don't know if it's just like something that's just so deeply ingrained in me, but I have to just let things fail, right? I cannot, I cannot be the one to keep the balls moving and juggling. also ultimately because like sometimes things won't fail someone else will actually do it and it will work right. out and it is fine right and that's okay like i think that's also part of me that like that's definitely a control freak that's like if i don't do it like it's not going to be done right or it's not going to be done well and that's okay that's not me that's like that's not no it might not be done in your vision but it will get right. done like and that's also fine that's true that's my big theme for the year is learning to say no so how did you, did we talk about this? Like how you're choosing your goals for the new year? And like, you know, we've talked about how we were so broad in the past years. And this is kind of our first year of being very like intentional. How did you choose what to be intentional with, I guess, is the bigger question. I spent some time reflecting and writing about it the last week or so, week and a half-ish of 2023. And... Basically, like the things that are on the board are the things that after reflecting and writing and rewriting and erasing and scratching out and and just going through that process of like starting very general, starting very vague, but then actually getting to like, what do I want? What is important? What is the nitty gritty versus actually important? And like, what was stuff that I was on there for like aesthetics versus function? And so it was a whole process. And so every part of the board is thoughtful and like the, I really had to start with like, what am I doing a vision board for and what am I hoping to get out of it? And so with that, that kind of explains like the, the foundation of the, the board, because I created like the background of it. It's all, it's all hand painted, not bragging on myself, but like, there's a reason that it's hand painted too, and well, I can definitely discuss. But it is hand painted in to to be like a bookshelf because one of the things that I am just really doing in this year is being very organized and deliberate in how I'm approaching things. And so, like, I think of a bookshelf as 
something that is organized, like it is there. You put things on there for a reason or, you know, not you. I put things on a bookcase with a very specific system in mind. It's not Dewey Decimal out here, but (laughs) the books aren't randomly placed either. Items are not randomly placed. There is a reason, a rationale, a function, a purpose. And so ultimately, like that's what I'm trying to be with my whole year, this year in particular, not to necessarily be like this forever the rest of my life. But sometimes I think you just need those. For me, I'm needing a year of what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Everything I would like to reanalyze the function and purpose of items, experiences, expenses, just everything. And really get to a core of like, okay, what are the things that are like helping me to feel fulfilled? Because I just, you know, looking back at the other years, I have had good years and good times and good experiences. And yet somehow at the end of every year, I still feel like bogged down or Mm. not super positive or joyful. And I'm trying to figure out like pinpoint, you know, what is it? What am I not doing? What am I doing? What's not happening? What is happening? What is that pain point? And so this year, I really want to try to identify and figure out what that is. Is it Am I feeling bogged down by like just too many items and things around me? Is it too much responsibility? Is it not feeling like I'm accomplishing goal? Like, where is that point coming from? And how can I make it better kind of thing? Because like, I'm looking back at my pictures and I'm like, I'm having a great time. Why am I getting to like the end of the year, looking at the vision board and being like, what's happening? We might get to the end of 24 and be like, actually, I don't need a vision board because I'm just having a good time and I need to be more thoughtful about just having a good time. So that might be part of the conclusion. But the theme this year is being very thoughtful and meticulous about what I'm doing to just figure out those things. It's a scaffold, right? Educators out there, you'll know what we're talking about. This this is a scaffold to vision, envisioning things, right? Like this is your structure that you're putting in place to support your visions. So if we get to the end of the year and you're like, okay, actually, I don't need that anymore. You can always get rid of it. So I'm kind of flipping the script on this one a little bit. Some manifestations for the upcoming year. But I also want to know, like, what do you hope, A, for yourself? And what are some hopes that you hope for me and in the same way that I'll ask for I'll I'll answer like what am I manifesting for myself and like what am I manifesting for you as like gotcha so I'm saying for me right I am manifesting clarity and by extension happiness and for you it's awkward um I didn't come prepared for that one it's okay. I'll give you time to think, and I'll go we'll with come what, back. I'm, what I'm manifesting <laughs> for myself. Yeah, I should have told like, me ahead of time. That's why I said, like, I was like, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. But it was an activity that I had gone out to dinner with some friends, and it was for her birthday, and we were talking about, okay, so like in this upcoming year, you know, you just turned however old you are. Like, what are you hoping for yourself? And then, like, as friends, like, what are we hoping for you to like? do in this new year, whether it's like taking care of yourself or like taking care of the relationships in your life or yeah. So I think for myself, what I'm manifesting is peace, which I've put like on my board is like, just like being at peace with my decisions and not second guessing myself so often, which I don't know if that just like comes with the territory of I'm always in the forefront of my mind thinking like, is this the right decision? Like, am I doing things that's ultimately going to 
help myself slash like help my kids in my workplace. And then I guess like finding a rhythm as well. That's what I'm hoping to manifest is like being at peace in those decisions. And whether that means staying in education or not, you know, we kind of talked about like, are we in our callings in that we're not really strangers episode, which I felt like really resonated with me throughout this entire time that I was creating this vision board. Something that I am manifesting for you is a sense of fulfillment in whatever way that looks like. So if that means that you're going to be successful and I want to manifest that you'll feel I guess, yeah, like not bogged down and not unaccomplished because you have accomplished so much, but I hope that you can see how much good you're doing and like how much work you actually are putting in because I know you're like doing the steps and I feel like we sometimes get bogged down in the what am I not doing rather than focusing on like what am I actually doing and like what are the memories I am creating. So for you, I am manifesting some sense of fulfillment in those decisions that you're making in the memory creation. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's also wild because like I was, as you were explaining your goals and all the things I was listening, but I was also thinking of like my manifestations and it's very, like it's similar, but it's different in the sense that like really being like you were like at peace. And I'm like, yes, that sense of like, you are having victories and successes throughout the year. And I know one of the things that we've definitely talked is like historically your self-talk is negative. And you're like, you put yourself down. And I think just being manifesting, like letting go of that critic a little bit. There's a healthy level of self-critique for sure. Self-awareness, very important skill. (laughs) I'm not saying get rid of it, but I think manifesting that balance of sometimes your gut is right. Sometimes your inner critic is right. And like, where can you just find that balance of like, no, I I did it. Like I'm I'm good with this. Like I'm good in my decision. Whatever the result is, like I'm good in it. Like in it and it's fine. Yes. Yes, manifestations. If you have not manifested with your best friend, 10 out of 10 would recommend you should do it. I think that it's like powerful what it means to manifest within yourself, but also like hope for these bigger, larger things for the relationships in your life as well. Like I think that that just It's almost like another person on your side, just like putting good energy and karma into your year. And an accountability, I don't know if accountability is the right, but like also kind of an accountability person because sometimes you do like, you get to like, again, we got to June before it was like, but wait, (laughs) (laughs) but wait, actually. How did we, did we do the thing? Remember when you said that you were going to? And so having a person who knows what you're supposed to be doing or knows what your intentions are and then can, you know check you a little bit before you get to the end and you're like oh yeah i forgot i didn't yeah i didn't do it it's like accountability but not like in a critical sense because we have again we're trying to find balance in critics but also to accomplish some of these things sometimes someone has to like push you to do the hard things too so not trying to let ourselves out easy if by march i have not ran that 5k just like you know just Mm, just nudge me a little bit. That's my that that is actually my first quarter. It's such an excellent nudger. I'm great. You are a great nudger. You're a pusher. She's a pusher, Katie. She pushes people. That's me. <laughs> that would be me in the burn book. That was a fun. Okay, that was new. We've not done that one before. I I feel like we shouldn't have ended with it because now the last question is: What advice would you give to someone who is creating their vision board for the new year? <laughs> But I do like that question because this is, again, our theoretical fourth year 
Right. Literal third year. And so at a base level, first and foremost, make the board. Yes. Like, or whatever it is, whatever that product is, it might not be like a canvas or a poster or whatever, but like make the thing that you said that you were going to make, make it. Maybe it's a journal page. Maybe it's a white, but like make the thing, the list, make it because we didn't that year. And that year was a hot mess. It was chaotic. It was unfocused. Just like wild. So do the thing in that regard. Something is better than nothing. Having some sort of clarity or focus for sure. I think it just helps in that process. And ultimately, whether or not I was successful in any of those things, I was cognizant and aware of their place in my life at some point. Right. So I think being gracious with yourself because it is a process and experience. It is intensely unique. Emma and I's boards are not even close to the same. They (laughs) do not look the same. They are not decorated the same. They're not created the same. Our drafting, manifestation, crafting processes are completely different. And I would say like anyone that I talk to about vision boards, completely different things. Like they're just different. Everyone goes through things differently. I enjoy talking to people about it because there are perspectives that I don't always consider because other people do things so differently and it's helpful for other parts. And I don't know, like my advice is just like, it's personal. So like whatever your product is, is fine, great and wonderful. And it's something. Yeah. What you were saying, like ours looks so incredibly different. Like it's supposed to, right? Because it's supposed to be something that's so deeply personal to yourself. So if my board looked like Chris, Chris's like and vice versa if his look like mine it just wouldn't be genuine or authentic to our experience that's not how we process things that's not how we envision things so yeah and I think it's okay to like also make it like your wildest dreams too but also understand that like if you're putting on there I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of the year like what steps are you taking a vision board is nothing if not a plan right what is it if you fail to plan you plan to fail so if you're putting on their millionaire dreams, what are you doing to get to that place? Like if you're putting on there, you know, you're going to be outside and flewed out for <laughs> six times a year. What are you doing to do that? Like, I think that's a big misconception is that people just kind of put these things and they, they're not actually putting in the work. So like, yes, manifestation is powerful, but so is doing the work. <laughs> so that's the tea on vision boards. Uh, that's all we got for you. Do we want to give a rating to our vision boards this year? <laughs> like the act of creating vision boards or like what? Because my vision boards are five out of five. Okay. <laughs> it's handcrafted. And what about what Unique. about the act of creating vision boards? How would you, would you recommend it to a friend? Yeah, I do be recommending it to people actually. So yeah, I would recommend it to a friend. Five out of five. You've heard it here, everyone. It is a five out of five rating from The Tea with Grandma. Please go out and create your vision boards. Don't forget to tag us. Hashtag vision boards with Crema. I will be posting it again this year. So even if it's not done in January, just send it over. We love it for you. Whenever you need to vision and envision things. So with that, it is now time for our... Oh, that's me. (laughs) Rapid fire question! Normally, you introduce it. Which is weird because I feel like I've never done rapid fire questions. Like, I've never said rapid fire questions. And you've never, like, introduced the pot. Like, you've never done the opening for the pot. Like, there's just certain things that, like, we just don't do. It's just not done. I don't know what the podcast would be like if we flipped it. (laughs) 
Could you imagine Emma opening the podcast and me closing? What would that sound like? Because first of all, you already know that takes me 30 billion times to do the outro. So imagine me trying to do the intro. I'm going to be like, we showed up. Now moving into our tea check. (laughs) 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 One of these days, one of these episodes, we'll flip the script for y'all. So we'll see. (laughs) My question today, if somebody said they saw you on the street arguing with somebody... So if somebody said that they saw me arguing on the street with somebody, what would I be arguing about? Honestly, it would be almost assuredly something food related. (laughs) I feel like it would probably have something to do with French. I don't know why my brain is like French fries. She's arguing with someone about French fries. Like who has the best French fries or some craziness like that? Like, I don't know why. Because also, I just feel like you're not, I don't think you would have a legitimate argument with anyone outside in public. Like. It would have to be not that person borderline comical or comedic, something lighthearted at at its core, because like also who's trying to have a real argument outside? Like if you were having a really serious, like heated conversation with someone, though, like on a topic that wasn't nonsensical or funny, (laughs) I feel like it would have to be like someone who came at you with like some crazy inaccuracies or like almost on some like all lives matter type energy, like some like... Some false Hawaiian history type stuff. Ooh, like some just like some colonizer. Some colonizer. Some kind of stuff that like kind of caught you off guard. Like cause you know people be thinking like that, but you've never like had to engage Encounter with someone <laughs> in public. And it's just like, oh wait, you got me at the right time on the right day. I am in the mood. I have the energy. I have had quite enough peach bellinis to engage with this conversation. <laughs> I definitely feel like that would be like, it's either something wildly nonsensical, like Sober You was like, let's argue about French fries. But like, right. Intense You, who's like right time, right place, right energy is like, you no know, some like serious stuff, like all lives matter type energy. <sighs> I don't like, and you know what's so funny is because when I was thinking about this, I was like, I don't know what you would be out there because again, we are not the type of people that are just out I'm there arguing with people. you in public, not in public. Yeah, exactly, not in public. I will like. I feel like the thing is with Chris, like he'll read you to filth in the private, <laughs> but in the public, we'll not be doing that. So yeah, so I was thinking like yeah, for you it'd definitely be something comical like. Just like getting loud and like silly, but then I don't know, like serious wise, like I, I feel like there's so many things that would set you off. But again, like it would have to be under the right circumstances to like engage. Things do be setting me off. I can't even lie. But you're not the person to like outburst with. Yeah, I just, I don't believe in public outbursts. So Chris is going to be, he's running for president. So we can't have anything on the Twitter, on the TikTok, on anything going viral because. It's just not, I just don't believe in like, (laughs) you public outbursts are wild. Like, I'm also just not a combative person. I love a good like argument or debate, but I'm not like a, there's a certain point in an argument where I'm like, actually, this is getting nowhere. I, I'm no longer interested in this, but that's neither here nor there. That's not the rapid fire question. We'll talk about conflict resolution skills in the future. Someone write that down. So we actually talk about it and don't forget. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you know what let me make some notes about that conflict was a solution it's very important okay my question is because it was the holidays i know your mom was there mm-hmm. where was the last place that you traveled to oh you know what's so funny is because you know how we talked about like oh i want to travel to all these prefectures while my mom was here we literally did six prefectures she played no games so when i say i was exhausted and like i literally just needed to be inside and sleeping like I was exhausted. So we did six prefectures. We did like 
I guess as wide as Tokyo is, like that's where we had gone. So we had gone to the, all the way on the opposite side of the coast. And then we had gone a little bit north. And then we had gone a little bit south. So we were outside. Sorry, what was the question? Where was the last place I had gone? The last one. <laughs> the last place. Oh, the last place that we had gone was actually to this like really famous flower park. They're known for their wisterias in the springtime but they're actually like one of the top rated illuminations or like light show areas so we had gone there so ashikaga flower park is where we had gone where's the last place that you've been i locally went to try a chinese restaurant recently was not my favorite experience interesting i don't know it might just be a me thing to be determined jury's still like kind of out on that one and then before that i Traveled to Austin for the holidays to see my family. So nothing like several prefectures, but also like Texas is very large. Like I feel like you did like in maybe the of distance like, of a right. prefecture or two or three. No, I was gonna say I was like in the in the way that Texas is large. Like yeah, you definitely traveled like six prefectures. I think when you look at the map of Japan, it's actually not that impressive because. The prefectures are very close to each other. Like, so the farthest one that we traveled to was about three hours by train, which would have been like if we translated it into hours in a car, like an hour and a half or an hour and 50 minutes, if that. Oh, yeah. So I was definitely past. Yeah. You that definitely many prefectures. traveled more than six prefectures in your time from driving from where you are to Austin. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. Like, it was a good time. We had a good time. I enjoyed it nonetheless fun i love austin well where can people find the podcast you can find us on instagram and facebook at the tea with crema if you'd like to buy us a cup of tea you can also venmo us at the tea with crema you can also stream our episodes on all of your favorite streaming platforms and as a side note don't forget to tag us in all of your vision boards for this year hashtag vision board with crema we hope to see you next time bye (laughs)